When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. Okay, we are back here at Sir Maestro. Let's chop it up on the RemnantNation.tv network. Um, we apologize for the delay that we had. We had to get our, our guest situated and everything and make sure that she get on the platform correctly. Carla uh, L. Canada. She is a governor candidate hopeful here in the state of California. Um, uh, 2021 governor recall elections are scheduled for September 14, 2021. So now is the time to start getting acquainted with the can with the candidates and start seeing what they're standing on, what they believe, and how can they be the best choice for us here in California going forward. So we're going to prepare to bring her in. Today is a special broadcast. What many of you guys know when we have special broadcasts. Um, normally we change up the format just a little bit to accommodate our guests and to make sure that we give the viewing public and the listening public um, all the opportunities they need to get involved. So with that being said, we're going to take a brief break and when we come right back, we will be on with Carla Canada. <laughs> Okay, and we are back. And now, without further ado, bringing to the platform Miss Carla L. Canada. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. So good how morning. Things, how are things going with you this morning? I know uh, running for governor has to be a little exciting. It is. It's exciting, scary, and all of it balled up into one, but it is exciting. <laughs> great, great, great. So please um, tell the people about yourself a little bit. I know that you was recently telling me that you did recently uh, declare a party. Um, so please, uh, I guess you could start there because I know we were promoting you as no party preference. So you can go ahead and let the people know 
what party you chose and why did you choose that party? And we can start from there. Okay. Um, well, yes, in the beginning, I was running no party preference. And my idea and thought in that is to unite California, to bring the red, the blue together, mix it up and turn California purple, which I still believe we can, because if, um, but what the, let me stop real quick. The party that I did pick is the Republican Party. Um, I've been a lifelong Democrat my whole life. When I turned 18, I asked my dad, you know, what are we? And he says, You're too, we're too poor to be Republican. And so we are Democrats. And so I was, I've been a Democrat my whole life, but I have also been a person who believes in family, my country, freedom, um, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness as well as my faith. And, you know, so I know there are Democrats that are sitting here going, what is going on in our state, in our country, in our world? And they don't align with what the new Democratic Party has become. And so those people that are wondering, please come over Come over non no party preference. Come over to the Republican Party. It is such a lie that we're not rich enough to be a Republican. It doesn't go by your finances. It goes by your beliefs. And yeah, I I am comfortable. I feel like I don't feel like I'm wondering, you know, what is going on in my party. Some of it I do wonder because there are what um, I have learned this word rhinos um, that are trying to jeopardize the American way of life. And so other than that, I am looking at, um, I'm that different Republican that is true to the Republican uh, lineup, I guess you would say. Some people say California is in trouble because all of the Republicans are not Republicans. And I guess I've been a Republican my whole life and I just thought I was too poor to find out. Mm. Okay, okay, okay. And I that last statement you made um, sticks out to me because I know a lot of times a person's selection of being a Democrat or a Republican in the, in the eyes and in the minds of the people really is usually mm. uh, decided upon, you know, how much money you got. Um, a lot of yep. times we think the people with all the money is Republican, the people that don't have any money is Democrat, and what you're saying is that's not necessarily always the case. Yes, that is not. It's not. It really isn't. It's not a money thing. It is a belief or a way of life. Okay. Okay. That's very interesting perspective. Um, I like that, actually. Um, let me ask you a question, something that a lot of my viewers and friends I've talked to uh, about leading up to today, excuse me, that I've talked to and asked them different questions they need to ask you. One of the biggest topics that's coming up right now is the vaccine. Yes. And uh, vaccine hesitancy and things like that. So from your standpoint, um, the question um, that a lot of people wanna know from you is, are you for the vaccine? 
uh, if you are, why, and if you're not, why. Okay. uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, um, I am for personal choice. I think it should be our individual choice to take the vaccine or not to take the vaccine. I personally have not taken the vaccine and will not take the vaccine. Um, prior to running for governor, I was investigating. I was a, I had, I turned, uh, grandma turned into a researching YouTuber and cause my grandchildren needed some answers. And um, they still will not tell us what is in the vaccine. They will not give us an insert. And so I personally will not do it. It is up to individuals if they want to or not, but we still don't know what's in it. What will it do to our future generations? Mm -hmm. Our pregnant women, what will happen to their children? Okay, I totally agree. Um, Excuse me, I know that there's also been some questions, um, not just dealing with dealing with what it'll do possibly to our pregnant women um, and our children, but also the possibility of it making men sterile. Oh, yes. That's that's something else that's going on right now that I'm hearing about. Um, And another thing that's, uh, another thing that came up that's kind of interesting uh, and kind of scary at the same time right now is the fact that there's a lot of stuff going on with Dr. Fauci right now. Um, Dr. Fauci hasn't really been showing up for the hearings and things going on. Um, and we're also finding out that there's a lot of untruths that, uh, aren't accurate that, uh, that are starting to come out. For example, um, we're just now finding out that after being lied, we were basically lied to that this thing, this vaccine was FDA approved and everything was good to go. Now what's been coming out within the last few days that while they were pushing this whole thing for it to get approved, it was technically never approved. Um, So understanding that as governor of California, how would you deal with the vaccine situation, um, the possibilities of them making it federally mandated, those type of talks and things like that? If that ever came in California and you were a governor, knowing that information, how would you go about handling it? First, let me say, I love my life and I would never commit suicide. But mandated vaccines is something that I would like to remove from California, period. California is one of very few states. To me, I call it a total experiment because we are one of very few states that have mandated no exemption public schools. We have no parental right to choose and we have no religious right to choose. We do not have those exemptions at all. Your children, if they're to go to public school, they must be vaccinated that needs to change as well. I would love to turn California into, since the 
like I said, an experiment. Let's turn California into a different type of experiment. Let's mm -hmm. give our parents back their choices for their children. And let's follow along and watch those children that have not, those parents have chosen not to vaccinate them. Let's take a look at those children and study them. Exactly. I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, one second here for our viewers out there. We did just make a quick adjustment in our sure. program. So uh, excuse us. That was a quick mistake on our part that we just caught. So that is adjustment for you guys. And now we're back to it. Okay. So you just touched on a topic that I know concerns a lot of us Californians out here. Mm -hmm. um, dealing with the kids in this schooling situation. So there are many people I know already that prefer to homeschool their kids mm -hmm. um, for various reasons. However, the other end of the coin is it is the fact that when you homeschool a child, you risk the, uh, you risk the possibilities of that child being socially deficient, yes. not really, you know, having the time to really become a, a, a to, to oh, my mind's going break here. Um, <laughs> it's okay. To really um, to become a full-rounded individual, to know how to yeah. deal with friends and different situations and even grievances that come up with friends. Right. A lot of these things, we get our first lessons in this at school. Yes. Dealing exactly. with other people. Um, yes. Even this is where we're socialized. Absolutely. That's it right there. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, I know that's a real touchy area and it's a small gray area between the two alternatives. Um, but this vaccine thing right now, it's really, it's really pressing on people. I know for myself, I'm a father and yeah. I do not want my kids vaccinated. We don't know what's, what's in this stuff. I don't want them vaccinated. And yeah. it's forcing me to be the parent that says, well, you know what? If they're going to make this mandatory, then my kids just stay going to school on a tablet, knowing that they need that in-person interaction to be better yeah. well-rounded individuals. So, okay, okay. Um, something else I would like to ask you about. I think that people would really love your stance, what you just said. Actually, I want to give you another applause on that. Um, Thank you. Because Absolutely. Because uh, there's not enough people speaking up for our children nowadays. And when yes. it comes to politics and policy, there's not enough individuals that are focusing on the kids when they're pinning this stuff to paper. Um, yeah. So I, I definitely love what you just said, and I know our people are going to love it too. Another topic I would like to ask you about is the jail and prison system in California. As governor of California, how would you address that? And what are your thoughts about that, if anything, needs to be addressed? That's interesting. I was just on uh, somebody's somebody's Facebook page. Um, I was trolling, <laughs> um, and I came across <laughs> looking for anywhere to put a comment. Hey, I, I my opinion about some you know um, being small beans. The mainstream media, you know, TV stations aren't knocking on my door to find my opinions, but. Um, and so once again, I thank you for your platform. 
and this ability. Um, but in regards to the prison system, there are many changes that I would love to make. One of them is for, for people who do have a longer sentence in the last year or two of their sentence, I would love to give them the opportunity to go to technical college and learn a trade. I would love to give them the opportunity to obtain their associate's degree if that's what they choose to go to regular mainstream um, to college. That way they come out with something to do, something to move forward on. There was, um, we call it rehabilitation. It's supposed to be rehabilitation. We're supposed to take those who we consider maladjusted to life, rehabilitate them and then put them back in society and everything's supposed to be wonderful. Well, it doesn't happen that way. Um, our men and women coming out of prison are handed $200 and a good luck, see your parole agent or you'll be back. Right. Um, and some of them have nowhere to go. Um, and that needs to change. We tried some things for a little while for some, it was a lottery of, if you were able to make it, well, all of them went to jail. There wasn't a lottery that day who were sending to prison and who were not. So I believe all of them should be given the opportunity. And then it is up to them to say, yes, I'll accept the opportunity and try to move forward with it. Or no, I don't want it. This is what, you know, I'm going to try my luck doing it my way. And then also we need to go through the prisons and I would love to do a walkthrough every single prison in California, shut some down, fix some and make a statewide registry of complaints against the officers so that things like the Rodney King beating those officers don't wind up state employees in a woman's prison. Absolutely. And so we need to really, I mean, we have people, I'm sure you could think of some crimes that you would not want against your family and feel people should go to jail for those crimes. But we really need to take a look at what we're arresting people for. Um, I, I hate to mention this, but Joe Biden in the crime bill said, we don't care what made them maladjusted to life. We don't care why they are where they are, why they're doing what they're doing. All I'm worried about is them beating up my family. Well, I'm sorry, I care about what made them what, do what they did. And like I said, some people, will accept the offerings and look at life and say, yeah, you know, I can get through this. Let me get through this and do something different. And some will continue. So the prison system doesn't have to worry about, oh, we're going to lose our job. We have to arrest everybody. But yeah, sorry, I digress. 
<laughs> no, it's um, I, I actually was loving everything you were saying right now. And one thing that I'm hearing from you in your responses, especially to that one, that sounds great to me is the fact that you're coming with solutions. Um, you're coming with proposed yeah. solutions. And that's what I love to hear. Um, I believe far too many times we have candidates that come up for these elections and we get promises, we hear issues, but we don't get any yeah. solutions or even any realistic proposed solutions. So what you just yeah. laid out right now, the prison system and how to kind of address that, I totally agree with everything you just said. I'm sure our listeners and viewers will agree with what you just said. It is a fact that the crime bill has really screwed things up. And oh, yeah. the, the, the politics in California by itself is just, it's, it's out of this world. There are a lot of people that have been locked up for, for crimes they shouldn't have been. There's been people that have been locked up when they should have maybe got counseling or medical attention or <laughs> mental health uh, attention. Definitely. Um, because everyone, and I'm convinced of this, that everyone that commits a crime is not a criminal. Everyone that commits a crime is not, you know, waking up with mal intent to go out and commit yeah. crime. Um, and, you know, everybody has different backgrounds. Everybody has different predicaments. And some people have mental situations. And yeah. I think uh, this is actually a perfect second to segue into that, to the mental health. Um as governor of California, how would you improve how we classify people as, hey, this person is mentally ill, they need help, versus a person that does need that mental help, but the officer is still treating them like a regular person with a full set of marbles, as they say, um, that's just out here doing crimes purposely. Like, how, how would we address that? Because we are having a mental health crisis in California as well as other states. So how would, yes. we, yeah, how would you uh, give us leadership and guidance in addressing that as our government? Excuse me. Um, can you hold on one quick second? I have no a problem. granddaughter in the background calling me. Okay. Yeah, sweetie? But you got to wait. I am on live right now. Okay, I'm on an interview. Thank you so much. Um, my granddaughter spent the night last night, and so I'm I'm working from home. COVID, no. <laughs> um, actually, I like this kind of working from home, even though I I need that break. I need that mental break to get away from home sometimes. But um, I'm sorry. Back to the mental health issue, the crisis. Oh my goodness, one of One of the things is, I believe holding is accountability. It is holding the establishments that are already established. We have county health, which um, fails people on a daily basis. That needs to truly be looked at. Um, and as governor, I have that ability to contact the county heads and let's do this let's you know let's weed out what's going on let's categorize one of the hardest things is um i believe one of the hardest things because when when talking to a doctor and i work with 
um, I have a youth organization. And so I work, talk with, I talk with, not work with, talk with different types of doctors at different, you know, throughout the month. And um, one minute you'll, you're talking to a doctor and the diagnosis is X. And then a month later, the doctor has forgotten your whole case and talks to you again. And now it becomes X, Y. And I think one of our problems is our professionals that are just pushing people along. I have seen it within um, county mental health facilities. That's just, okay, this, okay, okay. And it's always all about medication. I believe education and therapy goes a long way. And I believe also that our people that need help would be more willing to seek out help through education and therapy. If we can learn about the, the mental illnesses and their characteristics, then people can try to self-regulate. Now, there are some that need medication, but there are some that can self-regulate. And I think bipolar is one main one that can more self-regulate, that can take a look at what's going on and try to make healthy choices through therapy and education. Okay, okay. Now, when it comes... Yeah, when it comes to the prison system, that is another Hello. Uh, not sure what just happened here. I'm not sure what just happens here. Our guest, I think, just what is going on? This is not happening. Hello? I think I think if you guys give us a second, I think you guys Okay, Carla, are you there? Yes. Okay, I apologize. I'm not sure what that was about. Oh. Um, but we are back. I used to say they were listening to me when I was just a YouTuber. So okay. I don't know. It could have been on my end. I don't know. Like I said, I love my life. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Um, okay. I, Cause I, I, right now I said, Oh my God, what's going on? I'm not sure what's going on. And oh, I know wow. it was fun. Yeah. It, it, the whole thing, I, I couldn't hear anything you were saying and the whole thing kind of like, stopped for a second and then I saw a thing a message from Zoom. So whatever the issue is, it was on Zoom's end for sure. 
Oh, okay. I'm, I'm looking at that now. So, um, okay, okay. So back back to this conversation. And actually, you guys, before we continue with the next topic, we'll segue into a break and we'll be right back. And we are back, and we're going to swag way back here. Okay, so, so far, definitely a great conversation that I'm truly enjoying. Um, these answers that you've given so far are very refreshing, actually. Um, and I want you guys all out there, while I'm thinking about it, I want you guys to make sure you pull up Carla uh, L. Canada on all your social media platforms and on the web as well. I'll make sure that before we end the broadcast today that she gives you guys her direct information online so you can pull her up, research her, see what she's about. But so far, you guys, so good. We are having a great conversation. Okay, so now that we're back here at Let's Chop It Up, another topic I would like to ask you about if you were elected governor of California, what are some of the programs that we currently have in California that you may feel that are unnecessary, that may be, you know, frivolous spending of our funds that can be directed elsewhere, elsewhere too. Hmm. Is there anything that sticks out to you? Um, um, I haven't, thank you for that question because I hadn't thought about that part of it. Um, I have thought about frivolous spending, but not of which programs like we could get you know, do away with or whatever. But I think what it is, is we need to hold the programs accountable for what they say we, they do. Like we have homeless programs where the executive director of the organization um, makes a certain large figure. But that money, I believe, I see the reason it's called nonprofit is because the company itself cannot sell shares. It cannot, you know, be on the um, stock exchange and stuff like that. And that the company is supposed to use the majority of its money to help the community, the common good, whatever it says its mission statement is, that's what the majority of the money is supposed to go to. The majority of the money isn't supposed to go to salaries. And so I think we need to hold these companies that are saying that they're doing a certain thing. Like, um, let's take San Bernardino City Parks and Recreation, for instance they get a nice little chunk, but they're not doing anything in the community. And that pre-COVID, COVID, current, whatever you, they're not, where does the money go? And so 
just like our taxation, people wouldn't mind paying taxes if they actually got a service. Right. The services, we are being so overly taxed and we're receiving no services. I don't know if you notice, we go to the we go to companies and we spend our money with them and the, even customer service is horrible. The product isn't any good. Customer service is horrible, but we're handing over fifties, hundreds. We need to, we need to make the companies and that's no matter what company it is, we need to make them accountable for the products and the services that they give. And so I can't think of, um, okay, no, I all of a sudden thought of one. We pay some medical bills, Medi-Cal pays some medical bills that I don't believe Medi-Cal should pay for. There is some personal responsibility that needs to um, come into action and um, the state or the, or the nation doesn't need to pay for certain stuff. Um, and yes, I I did. I thought of. I just thought about that. I would um, Planned Parenthood. I don't need. I don't believe needs to exist. Um, when I was younger, I remember Planned Parenthood coming to our school and teaching us about prevention. Um, it was in. It was when I was in junior high, which was kind of young, but I, um, I remember them coming and teaching us about pregnancy prevention. And so at that time, I thought it was a good idea. You know, um, I knew of Planned Parenthood. You can go and get uh, birth control from them and different stuff. I didn't learn about their all of the things that they do until very recently. And um, they are an abortion mill. And the crazy part of that is um, yeah, there is some crazy part uh, late term abortions. I just recently in the past couple years learned about that and mm -hmm. I am appalled. I am my opinion when it comes to abortion rights is uh, it should be between the person and their doctor. If there is a reason for abortion, other than that, use protection. Right. I know not everybody's going to, you know, that's like the, the perfect, the perfect dream is use protection or get pregnant. And there it is. But that's not gonna, you know, it's, it's not reality. But for some, please use protection. Um, there's many other diseases besides pregnancy, which pregnancy is not a disease. Planned Parenthood would like to tell you that it is. Right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess there is one that I would like to do away with. But I would not put total restrictions on people because I believe there is times when like I said, that should be between um, a patient and their normal physician, not somebody that just wants your baby parts. That, uh, that statement right there is pretty direct and it's very yeah. real. 
Um, so I, uh, I'm glad actually you mentioned about the Planned Parenthood. I know that Planned Parenthood is kind of a touchy topic for a lot of people. Um, but to me, Planned Parenthood seems not for everybody because I understand some people have been through traumatic experiences that have happened to them that led to them being pregnant and maybe they just don't want to have a baby by somebody that done, done this or that to them. That I can't argue right. because I'm not a victim in that situation, so I can't argue that. I'll, you know, all I can do is accept. Um, but for those right. out there that use it as a method to just, you know, live a frivolous life with no restrictions, no bounds, no nothing, um, I think that's not okay um, because it really yeah. is turning our neighborhoods. Um, into neighborhoods that basically have abortion or or have murder meals on the corners, abortion meals on the corners, yeah. just bring the babies in for the slaughter. Um, and I've yeah. never, I've never supported that mindset because I was personally always taught that before you abort a child, think real close because you never know what that child is going to be if allowed to live. For 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 there are some right now that. Is true. that their, their happier days for some people have come after their child was born and grew up or pursued great things. And now that parent is able to kind of enjoy a little bit of, hey, I raised this child. Now, you know, they're doing good. Everybody's happy. Uh, but again, I understand that's not everybody's scenario. Um, right. But, but sticking, with, sticking with the topic of family and children, I want to move right into a topic that's very big in California and personally, I believe, very serious and seriously in need of change and reform. And that is the child, the, uh, the Department of uh, Child Social Services. That whole department and the child support stuff and how it's ran and how because some some people out there may say I'm a little biased, but hey, I'll be biased on this because I am I am a man proud. Um, I am a proud father, and I have witnessed a lot of things that are propaganded and even um, propaganded and even executed against fathers that are doing their best, that are doing right, that are providing, that are doing whatever's necessary and needed for them children. But because they don't want to give in to the mom's request or demands or whatever the case may be, not saying every case, but there are many cases out in California like this right now. And the mom can go to the, to the, to the uh, DPSS organization, can go to the courts, make up all kind of crazy stuff, get no verifications of it at all. And in some cases, totally screw up a guy's life. So where do, where do you stand on reforming our ZPSS uh, here in California? It needs a huge, huge makeover. It needs total reform from, um, I'm glad you asked that question. I have this vision of me sitting in my office, pushing the button, calling to my secretary, whoever she or he is, and and just asking to send a memo to all county supervisors. We need a count of every child. We need every case re-looked at. And we need to make some choices from there. We need every child repictured 
we have children that come up missing in the system. And it is said that, um, can you hear and see me? I can hear you, but I can't see you. You still just have your name up. Yeah, it just gave me a message that there was a problem and then it went away. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you. Okay. My, okay. Um, but yes, we need a total revamp. We need every child accounted for. And we need, I believe we need every case looked at. Because there are parents that have been lied on. There are parents that the situation, if we could help the, the living situation and keep the child in place, there are those situations. And there are situations where children are abused horrifically and they need to be removed and their, their parents arrested. Absolutely. And then there is the same going on in foster care. There are children treated horrifically. And we need to go through our system and help those children and save our future. Absolutely. You, um, you nailed it right on the head right there. And it's interesting because the questions that are coming up now are coming off of your responses. Um, so you, your, your, your responses are even greater than the questions that are coming up. Um, Mike? Yes, I, I remember. Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. I remember when, um, when they finally closed McLaren Hall, which was a, it was in Los Angeles County. It was like this humongous school with living and there was, horrific abuse and those were all foster children mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the horrific abuse that finally there was finally kids that escaped that they they just got the right person to listen to them and they were finally shut down but there is more there gosh there is so much more i think and uh, yeah I think we I need think reform. California needs a total makeover. Absolutely. I think um, I think there's you're 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 nailing it right on the head, uh, Carla. This morning, what you're saying is something that I know a lot of us residents have been yelling out for years in California. It's time for change. Yeah. It's time for true makeover. Yeah. It's time for true reform. Um. I know a yeah. lot of times growing up, so I'm still young, I'm still growing, but from what I've observed is the resources and the funds have not been the problem with bringing reform to California. It's been the people in place that have the ability and the authority to yeah. usher in the change and reform. It's just them choosing to go a different way. We find out that a yes. lot of politicians start lining their pockets and things like that. And those things that, they, that we assumed or that we thought would be uh, reformed when this person got in office just turns out to be the same old song. So what's something you could say directly to the people 
um, right now, based upon what we've, what we've discussed so far, excuse me, what can you say directly to the people that are just now getting to know you for the latecomers coming in the broadcast? Something that they can that they can reference Carla Canada by by knowing, say, hey, you know what? One thing's for sure: this woman's about reform. This woman's about change. What would you say to that person that may be straddling the fence on which way to go in this election? I would ask, well, this is one of the reasons that I was running no party preference in the first place was because I think I took it off of my website. I need to put it back. But um, we've had the left. We've had the right. We've had the left right. You know, it is, I am a true outsider. I am a mother. I am a grandmother. I am a street auntie. 